You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest <laughs> tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. If you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram, or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I'm so excited because this is it. This is launch week, everybody. This Thursday, June 10th, No Filter Wine is officially on sale. I'm calling this my Housewives Watching Wine because all summer long, we're going to be watching Housewives and sipping this rosé. No sugar, low sulfite, organic. So it's not going to leave you with that gnarly hangover the next morning. You're going to be able to enjoy it. But there's still 12.8% alcohol. So we're going to be Liddy City tonight. Get ready. It's delicious. We have four fun designs we have i'm ready to flip a table now tell me who go and check me boo i stole kim's goddamn house and i'm ready to mention it all so whichever vibe you're feeling on whichever night you're drinking it you can switch it up you can order it right now this thursday june 10th nofilterwine.com this thursday june 10th nofilterwine.com ships nationwide so get ready it's gonna be good All right, I'm excited because today's guest is an unscripted TV aficionado. Not only does she have network execs and producers on speed dial, but she goes deep with many reality stars on her podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey. Please welcome the Kate Casey. Zach. Did I nail that? Was that like close to your intro? You did. You know, I when I started off my show, I had this uh, sweet family write me. They had a band. They have a band. They're a fan, like a brother and three sisters. And they said, can we um, write your theme song? And I went, hell yeah. <laughs> so that was, the, that was the theme that they came up with. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. How are you? It's been a minute since we've connected. I know. I'm great. Um, yeah. The kids are almost done with school and I'm knee deep in work all the time. But yeah, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. It's been a busy day of taping. I just taped an interview with Jacqueline Larita from Jersey Housewives oh, of Jersey. How is and she? That, good. She's doing really well. It's super juicy. The interview drops on Wednesday. So I think OG Jersey fans and just OG Housewife fans are really going to have their their appetite satiated with that one. Oh, that sounds good. Okay. I Wait, does she talk about Dina and Caroline? Dina, Caroline, Teresa, Danielle Staub, Danielle Staub's ex-husband that's now doing YouTube videos, like exposing her past. Oh. Um, she gives updates on the kids, why she moved to Jersey or why she moved from Vegas, Jersey to right? Vegas. Yeah. So she we chatted for an hour and she got truly unfiltered. Does she say why Caroline and Dina never talk anymore? Um, she, I think that's a really hard, that was the only part of our interview that it was a little challenging to talk about because she's obviously close to both of them and it's Uh. her brother's sisters that like, I could tell she was, you know, caught between a rock and a hard place. So weird because I mean, like, how could you write? a victim statement. I I just don't understand it. I asked her about it and she told, I was like, what did you think about Caroline's letter? And she was like, well, so I don't know. I don't think she's a hard team Dina or team Caroline. Obviously she's not trying to ruffle feathers for her, her husband's sake, but you know, we dive into it. 
Wow. Well, I would say I stand on the side of the person that had been assaulted, you know, like how could you not be on Dina's side? I feel like there are so many more details about it that haven't been leaked or haven't been revealed yet that I think there are some people in that family that may think that it isn't entirely true or the involvement like I don't know I feel like there's just so much that hasn't been revealed to the public yet I mean I'm still very much for myself from what I've had access to been very much team Dina because I'm like I don't know how you cannot like she was assaulted this was her ex-husband this was like you know a a case that was heard in court I don't know. We'll see how wow. that all shakes out. I, see, this is the stuff where it's like, this is the stuff that's the real, real housewives yeah. of New Jersey. We, like, need the this th- is... we need both Dina and Caroline back on the show yeah. to like really dive into all of that. Um, but I am curious, bet- like speaking of being stuck between a rock and a hard place, we've seen this Jen Shaw stuff kind of play out in the media. Obviously, right. it's going to play out mm-hmm. on season two of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Heather Gay mm-hmm. has now come out. Basically, she was on Ryan Bailey's podcast, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And she mm-hmm. was talking about her relationship with Jen Shaw and is basically saying that she and some of the other women are standing by Jen Shaw and they're really supporting her despite, you know, the federal indictment and arrest and future trial. Heather's my friend. Um, You know, I think that from just even watching the show, you can understand that rejection is not is something that's that's difficult for her. Yeah. And she has at times felt obviously rejected by her church and her community. So she has a soft spot for people who are in circumstances that basically leaves them feeling on the outs. Yeah. And I think she's the kind of person that opens a door when others close that door. And that's who she is as a person. I also think you have to remember that all of these women are coexisting in a workplace and it would make it really difficult, exhausting to not support the other in some way. And I think you see the same thing in Beverly Hills where, you know, small fights on shows like real housewives exhaust people. And so I think they just feel like it's better to just be supportive because it, it, it just, you know, and the other thing is like all of their lives are being exposed on TV. Yeah. And I do think that they all kind of think in the back of their head, like maybe something's going to happen in my life and yeah. I don't want everybody else to Turn run for the me. hills. Yeah. Well, I think so. We I'm also, not surprised she's being supportive. I think we also forget that like some of these friendships are actual real relationships outside of the show. And like, if we were put in any of those situations where we had a friend that was going through, you know, a federal indictment or, you know, their husband Mm -hmm. in this big scandal, obviously your natural instinct is to trust your friend and not just read the salacious headlines. Yeah. I think it's a really difficult position for them to be put in. And, um, you know, when you sign to do a show like this, I mean, that's the craziest part about it. You know, I think that the the housewives may have hit like a, a point where it's becoming more stale. And I think that you see interest in shows now like Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because 
the federal indictment, I mean, Erica's case too. I mean, that's something that we've never seen. Right. So there's interest in those shows because it's like, this is a layer that has not been pulled back from the onion, but all the other shows, it's kind of the same thing all the time. Yeah. And we're, we're not really seeing all like different characters from different points of view. It's kind of the same template all the time. So I think that the Shaw case and the Girardi case are are keeping people tuned into Real Housewives. But I mean, I, you can kind of see it in the ratings that lots of these shows are not, they're not as heavily watched as they used to. And a lot of that has to do with just the scope of shows that are now available, especially on streaming. Streaming is really kicking broadcast, but there's so many options. It's kind of like, you know, the fifties, you'd have three channels and everybody would watch like one show. I mean, those days of the Real Housewives of blah, 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 getting like, millions and millions of views or watch, you know, every week. I think those days are kind of over. Do you also feel like, because Bethany, when she left New York, when she left Housewives of New York, she said that she thinks that the reason the ratings dipped after she left was because the shows just don't inspire people anymore, especially considering the heavy year that we had in 2020, Mm -hmm. that like people don't want to watch wealthy women flaunt their wealth or fight over who's going to be on time for lunch or, you know, waiting 45 minutes at a restaurant. Like these things that at once were kind of fun escapism, they're becoming less shiny to us well i do think when she did for sure and i think during the pandemic when you have people who are suffering yeah yeah that's the last thing you want to see but people do like energy they still like escapism but what i think it's more about is that the show has not really changed that much in 15 years i mean we barely see diversity it's not it's not as it's not really a modern show anymore So people are looking for other shows that are more modern because it's just stale. I mean, that's the burden of shows like Real Housewives and The Bachelor is that you consistently as producers have to come up with new ways to keep it fresh. And, you know, after 15, 16, 17 years, you run out of ideas. So, I mean, they should be thanking Erica and Jen because they should be thanking Madison on uh, Southern Charm (laughs) for, for, you know, FaceTiming with A-Rod and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I did have the interview with Danny where she confirmed that. But that, you know, the ratings for that first part of that reunion were kind of lackluster. Yeah. Then by Monday, that story, it like starts to kind of, you know, Sunday and Monday. And then Wednesday, it's confirmed that it's A-Rod. Thursday was the second part of the reunion. Now people are like, I've seen the cover of the New York Post. Now I'm invested in who this girl is because why does A-Rod like her? That's the best thing that happened for that show because the show had really become quite boring. So the television producers are praying to God now, like, how can I make my show modern? How can mainstream media get into it? Another thing about Bravo is people forget, like, it's a pretty niche network. Yeah, It's not the same as like Bachelor Nation fandom. It's not the same as like when Tiger King came out. Yeah. So the, the burden is really on them to keep it fresh. Uh, but I do think uh, I do think that there are a lot more people, more than maybe five, six, seven years ago, that are looking for content that is that is uplifting. I think that people want to see less shows about people who are living lifestyles that are not honest. Yeah. So it's smoke and mirrors because for so many years we saw so many housewives that had this over the top lifestyle. 
And while entertaining to some degree, a lot of people are kind of left feeling shitty about themselves. Yeah. Like, I don't have that house. I don't drive that car. So when they find out that the house, homes are being foreclosed, that they are living on credit card debt, et cetera. So I think it's kind of takes the shine off of it. It's like, you've been dishonest to me and I'm, it's not as exciting anymore because it doesn't seem authentic. Yeah. Now, Miami, I will say this, Real Housewives of Miami, Miami, I think people will maybe watch the first two episodes of that because the idea of Lisa and her plastic surgeon husband living on Star Island and then like Larsa Pippen and because the best television is when you feel like you're getting a window into someone's world that you don't know who lives a totally different life. So if you live in the middle of the country and you're just going to work every day and you come home and you get to your couch at the end of the night, you want to see how somebody in a different part of the world who has a different maybe lifestyle, how they live. But if you find out that it's all fake, people, they're not very loyal to shows like that. No, because when you, I feel like the audience doesn't like to feel like they're lied to because when we're watching you at mm -hmm. home, we become invested and we almost like, that's why you get some fans that are so hardcore with some cast members over the others is because you become invested in their lives that once you see past the smoke and mirrors, once that's revealed, you kind of, you one, realize that like the wealth that they had that was at once aspirational for you, one that isn't real, like it, it is smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And then two, this person that you fell in love with on television vision or became emotionally invested in has lied to you. And it's almost like you feel betrayed, even though there isn't that intimate relationship, you still feel like duped and tricked and left like a dummy. I also think the the burden is on the network too, because yeah. they have not really done a great job of having a diverse cast. So you have a time in our country, in our world where people are talking and assessing shows and conversations and thinking about race and misogyny mm -hmm. and that when somebody who doesn't seem to be progress, you know, moving forward, like the rest of the world, people don't want to watch that stuff. Yeah. And so they're also reassessing how they think of a different housewife. Like maybe Ramona was entertaining to some people six years ago. They don't have any interest in watching her if she's got views that are so far behind the way the rest of the world is moving. And I just don't think like with Ramona specifically, I feel like she hasn't, she's very much the same note that we've seen for all these seasons. Like, I feel like it's the same way with Ramona. Luann's a little different because we've seen a little bit more of a progression with her going to jail and coming back and doing cabaret. But now I feel like she's also becoming one note again. And Sonia, like these three OGs that we once loved and embraced back in the earlier days because they were entertaining to watch. Now there's nothing new. Like, I'm tired of watching Sonia get drunk and cry about JP Morgan. You know, I'm tired of yeah. these things yeah. that we've seen play out, like Ramona putting her foot in her mouth, you know, at first it was fun to see her get grilled and now I'm just like I'm tired of watching the same thing like the, there's nothing new in these women's lives that is interesting or entertaining well also our lives don't really change that much so True. we want to see other people who are so unlike us and we like to see their complicated relationships and their comp the com their complications yeah and so what you know I used to always say that about Real Housewives of Orange County I'm like I know who Tamara is. I get it. I know who Vicky is. Like their life hasn't changed that much. I'm ready for somebody new. Yeah. 
you know, I, so I like, even in the case of Vanderpump rules, I'm, I think the greatest thing that they can do now is to have all these new cast members because the, the stories that they'd been telling about Kristen and Stassi, like, I already know who they are. Yeah. It's not a mystery to me anymore. I want to go to a dinner party and meet somebody really interesting at the end of the table and then want to talk to them, you know, three, four, five more times, maybe hang out afterwards. But if you go to the same dinner party with the same people for eight years, you're like, I got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's basically what te- greatest, the greatest unscripted TV shows are. It's like you sit at your couch at the end of a long day and you feel like you're meeting new people and you're seeing the world in a totally different way because you're looking through the lens of that person. So that's the great TV. I want to talk to you about Vanderpump Rules, though, because I feel like the reason a lot of fans didn't enjoy the last season is because you brought in all of these newbies, but there was no real connection or like bridge to the OG cast. So you're like, am I getting to know all these new people or am I keeping up with the cast? It Mm -hmm. felt like two different shows that I think Vanderpump Rules, like I personally think they should have just sent the OG cast off to sail off into the sunset, maybe give them a couple of little cameos to satiate the the fans that really loved the old seasons of Vanderpump. But we needed to kind of revamp because I don't think that yeah. model is bad of like getting to know these hustlers in Los Angeles that are waiting tables trying to build a career in entertainment. I think that there's still an element that's compelling, especially now post pandemic world where that whole restaurant industry has been turned upside down and people's lives in entertainment entertainment like actors hosts musicians like their lives especially in Los Angeles have been turned upside down that like now everyone's getting scrappy and having to become innovative and become podcasters or YouTubers or Instagrammers to stay fresh with how to put content Mm -hmm. out into the world what do you think so we now have I think five newbies that'll be introduced into this new season that we've heard of so far okay I always think I'm always thinking like a TV producer. Yeah. So I'm always thinking, why does this show, why is this needed? And what is the, what are the stories that they're telling? Mm-hmm. And does this show exist somewhere else? And so what was interesting about Vanderpump Rules was that it, it, it encapsulated an interesting part of LA, which are these young, hungry 20 year olds who have not, they have not had access to major money and power and success. They're in that hustling period. Mm -hmm. And because most of them work in places like restaurants and they end up spending all this time with each other, their relationships cross over and they're already dramatic people trying to get into a dramatic industry. So that's what was so great. So it actually became, it, it, it became farther away from the original intent of the show because we're watching them get older and older and older and they're still hanging out and they're some of them kind of work at the restaurant, but most of them are now making money off of just being on the show. So it just lost, it lost its way. Yeah. You know, people would typically, I mean, people come up to me all the time and tell me what kind of shows they're watching. And I'm always surprised, not surprised, but I'm amused at how many straight men will say to me, I just love Vanderpump Rules. And it's hard. I don't hear that much about Housewives or anything. And I think Vanderpump Rules was like a great show because it hits so many notes for people. So if you were, you know, 
a young person in LA, you're like, I know people like that, or I am that person. Mm -hmm. And I just interviewed this really interesting executive producer. And he said, there has to be that. And then I, this I part, uh, when you look at shows, like you have to think, I want to be part of that, or I can, I am so glad I'm not part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hit all those notes. So it's like women and, and anybody that's in the LGBTQTI, they love the show too, because it's in West Hollywood. And then straight guys loved it because it was like, I remember what I was like when I was 24 and I could go to Vegas for a weekend yeah. and not have to worry about getting to work on Monday. So that was why it was so great because it hit so many of the notes again. But as they got older, it's like, do I want to see Jax? And he's like too old to be working at that restaurant. And now they're all having kids and it's, it's not what it used to be. And people right. don't watch that and go, I know people like that and I, I would want to be on that show or I'm so glad I'm not part of that show. It's too much of I'm so glad I'm not part of that show and not yeah. the other things. So that's the problem with the show. So I think it's actually a great thing. It was a blessing in disguise um, that they had to retool the show because I think it actually could be great. And by the looks of the people that they're getting, it's a way more progressive show. Yeah. So we have we have Ryan, who was a former uh, cast member on MTV's Are You the One? We have Jesse, who has been a longtime friend of the OGs, which I think can kind of bridge the newbies with the the familiar faces that we've already known and seen for a really long time. Then we have Olivia, who I heard was trying to date Max last season, and she's been trying to get on the show for quite a while, and they're finally throwing her a bone and giving her some camera time. And then we have two new women. We have Mia and Jessica that just started working at the restaurant. Um, whether or not they actually work at the restaurant, from what I've heard, they just are picking up scenes. Um, mm-hmm. And they one of them's a model, and one of them, I think, is an actress. And they're both, you know, living in Los Angeles, trying to make that... LA but I'm okay. Happen. I'm okay with that if they're only picking up a couple shifts because that's uh, that is authentic storytelling because but they're I don't think they're picking up shifts at the restaurant though. I think they're filming scenes as if because from what I've heard about Vanderpump, they're not allowed to film in the restaurants yet. So the only days they're filming with the cast in the restaurant are on the days that the restaurants closed, and so they're hiring paid extras to fill in as patrons to kind of um, create those scenes to make it look like they're actually working at the restaurant. But from what I've heard from other employees, yeah, I've heard from other employees at the restaurants that they haven't actually seen or worked with them when the restaurant is actually open, but they Mm. are filming there like on Tuesdays and Mondays, I think are the days the restaurant's closed and that's when they'll have a closed set and they'll film Vanderpump Rules. Well, I mean, before we know it, everyone's just going to be out in restaurants in like a week in California. So I think that that, they could possibly just even scrap all of the stuff they've already filmed. I think because people do not want to see anything that has to do with that period of our lives. Yeah. They want to move into the future. They want to see people out and enjoying themselves, dining out fresco. And so they might actually just go, fuck it. Let's just get rid of all of that. Do you think the show will be back this fall? That's when Bravo announced that it's coming back. And I feel like. Yeah, for sure. They started filming May 4th. So it will be. I just feel like that's such a quick turnaround time. Usually we wait like months between when they wrap the series and when it actually. But it's kind of better. I think it's better. Like when we wait for months and months, it's like, you know, everything that happened before it even airs. So it's sort of like, "Mm." 
I mean, that that's the burden too of these, you know, and also it's one episode a week. Yeah. This is their mistake. They have to change. They have to change their whole thing. They have to just throw 10 episodes at us. Peacock's website would shut down if they were like, here are the 10 episodes, the season of Vanderpump and you yeah. would binge it like they do Netflix. Um, are you excited for the housewives, all stars mashup, whatever it's going to be titled series? Not really. It sounds like it's they all kind of just hung out. Like Ramona's the only person that kind of like they got had kind of had weird moments with. It, they all kind of got along, so yeah. it's kind of boring. It's like a bunch of people on vacation. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think of Lisa Vanderpump? I feel like every other day I see her in the headlines talking about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cast shading Kyle or just kind of having that attachment to Beverly Hills still, despite all these other shows that she's coming with. I think she thought she would leave the show and that the whole world would cry their faces off and say, Oh my God, how can Bravo not have a show with Lisa Vanderpump? I think she was had this rude awakening realizing as they all do Mm -hmm. that they're all expendable yep there's not one housewife that everybody can move in and out but they it's like it's like they go through this it's almost like they're going through this they become housewives and they're going through the security gate at an airport and once they go through security they're a different person yeah they like lose all rational rationale they're like delusional and they believe themselves to be movie stars Mm -hmm. and i think lisa vanderpump was just like you know, they need me. And I think it was a rude awakening. Like they actually don't, they can yeah. just get somebody else. And I mean, she has Vanderpump dogs. I've never seen a sh- the sh- episode of the show. I don't, I'm not clamoring to do so. And um, I don't think she's necessary for Vanderpump rules either. No. It could be called Vander, you know, Vander Schneider rules. It, it doesn't, to me, that's not synonymous with Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah. So listen, it's, it's a tough business. And I think that a lot of them, when they leave, they, they get this period of panic where they're like, I'm not getting the likes and the comments and the attention that I once did. And what are they going to do with that? Again, niche audience, like she, can she go to NBC universal? Maybe not. No, that's bad. Can she go to Netflix and pitch a show? It's really I hard. I don't think she can. Yeah. I mean, because even it's really hard. She has what she has overserved and she has Vanderpump dogs, one's on Peacock and one's on E, still in the NBCU family. And and by the way, they're gonna go look at the numbers of overserved yeah. and Vanderpump dogs and go, I you know what, lady, it's been a nice ride, but no. What do you think about Bethany? Because she just had the big shot. I don't think mm-hmm. it's getting picked up for a second season. I just I don't know yeah. where her where she goes from here because she also and I think of all of them she had the most potential to have star power because of the entrepreneurial brand that she built outside of it by doing Shark Tank and by having Skinny Girl Mm -hmm. like where after the big shot she already had a talk show she had a radio show now she has a podcast that she does but like she's tried to break into she's tried to be a, a producer of reality TV content she had that show food porn that never went anywhere so she's tried so many different lanes where do you think she goes from here? I would never rule her out. I think she's a hustler and I think she's, I would never rule her out. I think that she's probably, a, probably would be a very, very good producer. Yeah. She might not be the front person for everything though. 
I Which think is that, hard I think because that was her she's downfall. comfortable. That was her downfall with the big shot is it was too much about her that none of us became invested in the, any of the contestants of the show. I don't know if you watched the big shot with Bethany on HBO I, d- I did. And I, and I interviewed the producer of it. Um, I, I think that the problem is that nobody really believed that any of those contestants could do the job that she wanted. Yeah. You know, like no one who would really have that job for that company would be on a TV show competing. And people are really smart. Listen, there are so many things to watch now. You have to really have something extraordinary for people to like stay dialed in. Did you see her new wine? I did. But I did think maybe she could do something with that. I don't know. Well, I just found I wouldn't out. Rule her out. She's pretty clever. I just I found out that that's not even her wine brand; that it's been around for several years, and that oh. she's—I don't know if she's an investor in it. She hasn't really defined what her role with that company is. Um, and the the line itself, I just think the the way she announced it and the way it all came out just fell very flat. And I think the wine itself, nothing looks exciting or interesting or unique about it. That I was a little disappointed mm-hmm. considering she was so disruptive when she brought us the Skinny Girl Margarita that I just thought her next big venture would be. Yeah, well, the liquor industry is really, really, really difficult to get into. I, I think that this is the burden on all of the, these cast members. You know, she, you got to strike the iron while it's hot because that, that iron is only lit for a short amount of time. And, you know, there's nothing more depressing to me than when I see a real housewife who hasn't been on the show for many years and they're angling, they're asking me, like, can you talk to a producer? Like, is there room for me? Like I could do this. I'm just like, it's not there anymore. Yeah. You know, you have to take advantage of the moment. Milk it but a lot, it a lot of times it's because they're typically people who, you know, very few have businesses before yeah. they're on the show. A lot of them never had professional experience. So it's like their first job and they have this fame and this access to opportunities. And then it's like you're cut off and they don't know how to cope. They're like, well, wait a minute. And it's like, yeah, this is the way the world works. You're going to be let go and then you got to get another job. Yeah. And they're like, well, what's the next job? I'm like, you tell me, friend, because yeah. you just went on television and like took your top off and, you know, did all this crazy stuff. Like, this is the world we all live in. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. And then, <laughs> you I, know? but I think they also get so addicted to the fame aspect of it that oh, they're like, obsessed. I'm not ready to, to not be on television. No. Oh, no, 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 no. And I mean, I'll be out sometimes with them and they're just like looking past you to see who's paying attention to them. Yeah. It's wild. It's why I always, I feel like I, I, I'll come home and my, my husband will be like, like, how was it? I'm like, I I, I don't, I don't know. It's weird to be around reality stars. Who would you say? I'm not just saying housewives. I'm saying like, I've been around every kind of reality star and they it's like i said it's like they go through the airport security and then they're never the same again can you they're tell just, me who the most bizarre com- was that you've interacted the most bizarre like the person i hated the most maybe? yeah or just had the worst oh, experience with i i i was asked to do this event for the bachelor and his name was grant and i Grant, I think his name's Grant Kent, maybe. And I just thought, 
you have lost all sight of the world. Mm. Like a couple months ago, you were like working as a model and now you believe you're a movie star. Like his attitude was outrageous. The way he was acting, I just thought, oh my, and then, you know, I don't even know what he does now. I don't think I've seen him in anything since, but it's just this like way their outlook on the world. Like they believe that they are on the cusp of, and I think it's, I blame those producers because they spend those months in this like incubator <laughs> like it's like pleasantville or something where they're like you are an amazing you're gonna be you know you know yeah. so and so thinks that you're the most gorgeous guy that ever walked there you're so interesting you know you could be it you could be the choice and it's like they they're brainwashed into thinking that they're way more interesting than they really are yeah. and then they get all these instagram followers and they get these dms and they cannot go back to who they were before they can't stand it. And that's why you see like bachelor people only hang out with bachelor people because it's a game a gamesmanship of like, well, if I'm around that person, they have this many followers and then we're in a picture together, like I'll get tagged. And then the other brands will want to, you know, reach out to me to do something because they've seen that me with that person, that person gets these deals. It's like, they're gone, man. They are gone, gone girl. They're gone. It's wild. What did you think of Colton when he came out? That one is just heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. I'm heartbreaking for all points of view. You know, I just, I feel empathy for Cassie. Mm. I feel empathy for Colton. I feel empathy for all the contestants. Are you looking forward to his Netflix special with Gus? Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch it because I feel like I already know the story. Yeah. You know, that's the, all, that's the other thing It's like, I don't even, I don't even know what, I feel like they've covered so much of it already in the news. It's like what's left to watch. So that's an interesting question that I have for you because I feel like you and I can relate in the sense that like our job is now based off of these television shows. Does it ever take the enjoyment out of like, sometimes I wish I can just sit down and watch an episode of Real Housewives of New York without analyzing the show and just kind of be a mindless viewer, not thinking about it and not thinking of what Mm -hmm. commentary I'm going to have after watching an episode and wondering if that clouds my judgment when I am watching these shows and why sometimes that's why watching New York is just less compelling to me. I'm going to tell you why it's less compelling to you and me, because we try to book these people. <laughs> and when we find out that they're divas, oh yeah, it, it makes us not want to watch the show because it's like, they're horrible, you know? Yep. Or if you interview somebody and they're not kind, they don't respect you and what you, the value you bring to them. That's frustrating when you're like, I'm trying for me, especially like with the women that I've interviewed. I'm a girl's girl. I have four daughters. I went to an all women's college. Like the female story is my North star. And when I feel like I've done this great interview with someone and I'm I'm showing a side of them, I'm making them less of a one dimensional person more into a three dimensional person. And then they don't promote the episode or they were difficult to, you know, to book. That's what the part that ruins the show for me. I still love great storytelling. And I have great respect for the people who make these shows, but the booking is what really is the the buzzkill. That makes sense. 
It does because it's like you get to see a different side of them that kills that character yeah. on, tele- on television. Like we should be their greatest friends. Yeah. They should be like because Zach. When they're off the show, we're the <laughs> ones that'll extend their platform. Should we don- be interested right. in it? Or we're telling people, or at least in my case, uh, I'm kind of people rely on me. Like, what should I watch this week? And I'm telling them, okay, you should invest your very small amount of time this week into this show. And because it's of this character, and I'll tell you why, has they have this relationship with so-and-so or they're, they're going through this life change or whatever. And, you know, you should, you would think that they would be gracious. Like, thank you for telling people to listen to my story because it's really helped me evolve or I've had so many people reach out to me and have been taken by my story. But like I said, they were compromised in, you know, the famous gene. So then, then they're like, Oh my God, they should be thanking me for granting an interview because I am like such an incredible star. And you're like, welcome back to the planet earth friend. Yeah. Yeah. 15 minutes of fame and it, it fades away very quickly. And you need I to- feel like there could be a reality show about our business. Oh, yeah. Like behind the scenes of like what we go through. Or the DMs that we all have. Oh, we yeah. were like, oh, my God, is this person nuts? Oh, and we're like, oh, yeah, they're nuts. Like, just forget it. Call it. Call it a day. The DMs and the voice notes and the, all yeah, of- <laughs> the voice notes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So what would you say are the five most compelling shows on TV right now, be it uh, network or uh, streaming? Oh. Well, but streaming, there's just so many old, like things that have come in the last six months that are so great. So I'm going to tell you some things that I've really enjoyed. Um, on HBO Max, I loved House of Ho mm. about a Vietnamese family who are from Houston, Texas, the Ho family, they're hilarious. And it's just a great, it has elements of real housewives where you're like seeing their families, but it's a, it's like a cultural experience because you're learning about Vietnamese traditions and culture. So I love that. There's a show also on HBO max called the pursuit of happiness. And it's four episodes. It's a docu-series Ravi Patel, who's hilarious has these really great four episodes where he's pursuing in each episode in a different part of the world, like happiness in that place. But he takes a loved one with him on the journey. So one episode, he takes his wife to Japan and they look at parenting, how people parent in Japan. He takes his friend to South Korea to explore how the work-life balance in South Korea, which they don't have much of. So I had no idea, but in South Korea, people like go hard. They work crazy hours, but then they drink. There's a high alcohol rate there, alcoholism rate and suicide. So in South Korea, they do this crazy thing where you pay and you go and you lay in a coffin and you write your own eulogy and then you read it to everybody. And then you get back and you get in the coffin and this guy comes around, he puts the top on and it makes the sound of like the nail going in and you get to sit there and meditate. So the point of it is for you to just like have some clarity and meditation time where you're like, okay, if this were the end of my life, like what, what is my legacy and how can I change my life? I would have never known about that had I not that watched that episode. But in you're crying and you're laughing because they're reading their own eulogies to each other. Um, and then uh, another episode, he takes his parents who are Indian to this expat city in Mexico. And he's like, mom, dad, this could be happiness for you. 
and his parents who are hilarious or if this family's home in Mexico and like making food with them and then going out for drinks. And it made me just laugh. So I was laughing then I was crying. I turned to my husband after the fourth episode. I go, this is one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. And so that's on HBO max. They're both on HBO max Um, and HBO true crime series to watch is murder on middle beach. And over the course of like five episodes, this, the director Madison's mother was murdered. And he takes you this through the sequence of events and you're kind of left to figure out who killed his mom, Barbara. Um, there's a really good show on discovery plus called, um, pig royalty about two families that compete against each other in pig showing in Texas. And you're like pig showing, but they're like dynasty there. It's like these really interesting, rich characters and the, pig showing I, I didn't know anything about and it's this like really lucrative business in texas so i mean as you can see i really like shows where i'm learning about something new and about other people but i mean people are just hysterical um and what else do i love i love the last dance on espn it's from over six months but i mean if you like sports you got to go watch that because it's the about the Bulls final season when they won the, the last championship. And it goes into the pathology of Michael Jordan, who's fascinating. HBO had a great documentary on Tiger Woods that I recommend. Mm. Um, oh my gosh. There's so many shows. I, I am, I am actually excited about the next few episodes of real houses of New York. Okay. I do. I think that they are, they're missing a housewife. Yeah. I think they don't have enough. Um, I think that they should bring Tinsley back because I think she softens Leah and Leah makes her more fun. The problem is uh, Tinsley really lives in Palm Beach, so she'd have to move to New York. But I think that they need to add another one or two. I think Real Houses of Orange County needs a totally new cast. Maybe keep one or two, but a lot of new people. Who would you Um, keep? I would I think they need to bring back Heather Dubrow. Mm, yes, I love Heather. If you have Heather Dubrow, you have to unfinished business with Shannon. You keep Bronwyn because she is an interesting friend that they should hire. And then because of that new hire, they can get two more women that are at this very exclusive uh, mothers of ex- the, uh, uh, they have kids in this exclusive school. Um, so it's like a whole, you know, the problem sometimes with housewives too, is people will tell me, you know, I would be on that show, but I don't want to be on a show with those women. Yeah. So they have to really get rid of a lot to get new women, which is kind of the burden on the casting team too. Um, and I, yeah, I think they need a a lot, a lot of new cast members in Dallas too. I'm always just thinking, I think in terms of a producer all the time. So I think I'm looking at shows different than other people because my mind is to how, what's the overall feel of the show? What's the story we're telling? And I, I'm not paying as much to the singular characters. Like for example, in real housewives of Beverly Hills, people are like God Sutton sucks. And and I always say, but they need her because that's the story has to be told of a very wealthy financial services wife. And Crystal is essential because she is the wife of a very famous producer. She classes up the joint because she, this is like a level, 
we other parts of the country we can't even understand what it must be like to be living in Beverly Hills circles. Yeah. And Kyle is essential because she was a child actress who knows everybody in Hollywood. Like all, Kathy is amazing because amazing. her husband is like sitting on this real estate empire who is part of the Hilton family who is connected to Elizabeth Taylor. We're going like old school Hollywood. So all of those women are telling a specific story. So even if you hate them, mm-hmm. they're part of the bigger picture of the umbrella of like, who are, the, who are the women who live in this kind in this city and Beverly Hills. Those are the women we're going to, those are the women you're going to find in orange County, Miami. Who are the women who live in Miami, Miami? You got to have a plastic surgeon's wife. You're going to have someone like Larsa who's married to a professional athlete or the ex athlete. Like, those are the stories I want to like in Miami. You want to have like a Cuban matriarch of like some wealthy, like socialite, you know, that kind of thing. Those are the stories we want to see. So I'm kind of excited about new hires. I think there's going to be a lot of new hires in Bravo sphere. Would you ever produce reality TV? Like, is that a future? Yes, that's career? what I'm moving. To. Yeah, I'm doing that now. I actually have television projects. Yeah, that's that is really what has been the greatest blessing of my show is um, working in this space, cultivating relationships with so many producers. And I, I think that I have a really good um, idea of what people are hungry for. And so I'm really excited to be doing that in the next year. That's good. And you've built an incredible community. Your Facebook group is like my daily check-in that I have oh, to good, go to see good. what people are interested in, what stories yeah. are like getting them excited, like, and just listening yeah. and following the conversations that people are having about these shows too. It's, it's, I love your Facebook group. You have a great podcast. I'm always so grateful for your time coming on my show for anybody that is new to the Kate Casey world, can you pimp out your podcast and where people can go and keep up with you? So it's called Reality Life with Kate Casey. You can listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts. I've got a reality TV uh, lovers <laughs> Facebook group. It's really for people that love docu-series, documentaries, reality mm-hmm. TV. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at Kate Casey. I tweet about shows and during shows at Kate Casey CA is my Instagram. You can see what I'm watching each week. And I do put a list out every week of what to watch. Yes, you do. And that comes out every Monday. And I'm going to give you like eight options. Um, I'm always in clubhouse at, at Kate Casey. Um, my TikTok is it's Kate Casey. I have a Patreon with both bonus episodes. Um, and that's patreon.com backslash. Uh, Kate Casey. I'm here for you. And I'm here for flip a table. I yes. like that drink. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I, your wine is on the way. So you will be receiving it in the next couple of days. They went out on Friday. So you can. Where, where do I enjoy this? Where's the perfect place for me to enjoy this? Are we talking like by a pool, by the beach? Do I take it to the beach? You can take it to the beach. So they're versatile okay. and they're tiny where you can sneak it into your Uber. You can throw it in your purse. I mean, originally it was designed to like you can do like the ultimate night in you're at home, you have your popcorn, you have your snacks and you're ready to just binge all of your programs, be it housewives, be it Netflix, like whatever night you have is like everyone has a binge night or that night where they catch up on their shows for the week. That's originally what the the wine was designed for was that night in you can enjoy it with your girlfriends or you can just enjoy it solo as you're in the the chat sphere talking to all the other reality TV junkies. Um, but it's also designed to take out it's poolside. It's a can so you can take 
take it by the water so that it's not glass that'll be breaking um, where you'll have to worry about having that by a pool. But they're easy, they're compact, and they're just fun. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. You work in really hard and you should know that, you know, people are grateful for the work you do and for the entertainment you give them. Thank you. And it, it's been worth it to work this hard. Yeah. It's been worth it. I appreciate that so much. Good job, Zach. Especially coming from you. I really appreciate that. Okay. Thank you for chatting with me on hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to go and check out reality life with Kate Casey. You're going to love it. She interviews producers. She interviews directors. She interviews reality stars. She goes deep. And we really get to see that behind the curtain of Hollywood and just of entertainment that you don't always get to see on screen. So, Kate, I can't wait to see what content you bring to the world beyond the podcast over the next 10 years. I know you're going to be an incredible producer. I can just already see it. The secret (laughs) is manifesting already. Um, Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach or at No Filter with Zach to keep up with the show and all the latest tea. Please give us a five-star review because Kate and I do this and we love doing this and those reviews really do make a difference. I know a lot of them have come in for me over the past week um, and I'm so grateful. There are going to be way more podcast collabs to come all summer long. Stay tuned. I did Unpopular with Jacques Peterson. I did his podcast. He was on my show a couple weeks ago. So head oh, over to him. his account. Love him. And be sure to check out and support Kate Casey. Give us a follow on the gram and on all social meds. We have lots of good content to share and get my new No Filter Housewives Watching Wine on sale June 10th at nofilterwine.com. Bye. <laughs>